Chapter 1. The Crowning Mercy From the time of the king's ascending the cathedral tower, which he had done early in the morning, to observe the disposition of Cromwell's forces, the day had been dull, heavy with autumnal mists, as gloomy as General Leslie's face. "'Look well,' Leslie had said, weeks before, as sour as a lemon. "'Aye, the army may look well, but it won't fight.' But the king had led the Highlanders out through the Sidbury Gate with the best of his infantry, and the handful of English cavaliers who pressed close about his person, and they had fought so well that Cromwell's Ironsides had been flung back at the foot of Red Hill. A charge of massed cavalry then might have won the day, but no cavalry came trotting up to support the infantry. Three thousand Scottish horse under David Leslie stayed motionless in the rear, while the foot soldiers their ammunition expended, fought with halberds and the butt-ends of their muskets until forced to give way before Cromwell's reserves. In Worcester, the citizens ran for shelter into their shuttered houses, for the battle was closing in on the town. To the south, Fleetwood had forced the passage of the team at Powick Bridge. West of the Severn, beyond Pitchcroft Meadow, General Diel's brigade of Scots, with no heart in them for a losing fight on alien soil, began to lay down their arms while on the main front the Fort Royal was being attacked. Guns barked and thundered. The atmosphere was acrid with smoke through which confused, struggling forms loomed and faded as the ragged battle pressed nearer and nearer to the town. Across the road before the Sidbury Gate, an ammunition wagon lay overturned, blocking the entrance to the town. Two of its wheels were cocked up in the air, and the ammunition spilling over the road lay in a tangle of horses' guts. A tall horseman, in dulled and dinted half-armour, came riding up out of the murk and the mist and was forced to a standstill, his horse's hooves slipping and stumbling amid the wreckage. Those by the gate caught the flash of a jewel as he alighted heavily, weighed down by his cumbering armour, and a glimpse of a young, harsh face under the brim of his beaver. Then he was hidden momentarily from their sight as some more horsemen surged up in his wake. Voices, sharpened by a sense of emergency, sounded in a confused hubbub. The tall cavalier broke through the press and climbed laboriously over the wagon into the town. His gloved hands plucked at the straps of his breastplate. "'Get this gear off me!' he commanded. His voice was husky with fatigue. He cleared his throat, and as those who had followed him were slow in obeying, repeated more strongly, "'Get it off me, I say! You, Will Armourer, Duke, find me a fresh horse!' 